Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Amen. Would you give God praise as Evangelist Sullivan comes to minister the word of the Lord to us tonight. And everybody said, praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. What a delight and honor it is to be here at the Life Church in Kansas City. And I consider it an honor to stand here tonight, give honor to all of your ministry here. And of course, uh, Brother Justin Gleason, one of my dear friends, and uh, of course, Bishop and Sister Gleason. Love and appreciate them very, very much. And my friends, the Santomieris, love and appreciate them. And all of you, good to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. And as Brother Gleason mentioned, I feel just a great spirit in the house of God tonight. And I feel it moving throughout the congregation. But I, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and sing before I, before I preach tonight. And there was a song that was going through my mind today. Y'all are so blessed with great music at this church. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. And you're blessed with somebody like Brother Laramie, and who's just amazing. And uh, I give honor to him tonight. So this song was going through my mind. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring but I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be I'm not in you come will you meet me here again cause all I want is all you are will you meet me here again as I walk now through the valley let your love rise above every fear like the sun shaping the shadows in my weakness your glory
your hands and or you lift your voice all over this place tonight come on let's just thank him for a minute come on let's just thank him for a minute Jesus we love you oh we need you 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 hallelujah Somebody just press for a minute right now. Come on, God is in this place tonight. He's here, he's here, he's here. Somebody just press your way through for a minute. Come on, get desperate in your spirit. Get desperate in your mind. Oh, I gotta touch the hem of his garment. I, I gotta touch him tonight. I need him tonight. I, I, I gotta get close to him tonight. right now. We can just take a minute. God, you're worthy of everything that I can give you. As long as I'm breathing in my body, as long as I got breath in my lungs, I'll give you everything that I can give you, even on a Wednesday night. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, such a sweet presence of the Lord that is here. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's just stay here for just a minute. Come on, somebody let it flow right now. Somebody let it flow right now. Jesus, we need you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on, he's moving right now. Hallelujah.
of the Lord you'll find everything that you need you'll find what you need tonight you'll find healing you'll find deliverance come on you'll find restoration in the house come on somebody just got to reach out for it right now the king is walking up and down the aisle saying somebody cry out to me somebody call out to me somebody heed me right now he's in this place to restore you he's in this place to deliver you he's in this place to heal you tonight I don't care how old you are I don't care where you came from the king of kings and the lord of lords is here oh yes oh yes Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Will you clap your hands to the Lord, everybody, one more time, as loud as you can. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a shout of praise right now in this house. I'm telling you, there is a miracle for somebody in the house of God tonight on a midweek service. There is a miracle for somebody. Woo. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 John chapter 11 and verse number one. John chapter 11. And verse number one, let me reiterate again what an honor it is to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be in this great pulpit, in this great church. Amen. Are you thankful you're a part of the body of Christ? Come on, are you thankful you're a part of the church tonight? I'm thankful I'm a part of the church. In the day that I'm living in, I'm thankful I'm a part of the church. Amen. John chapter 11, verse number one. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Let's read verse number six together again, shall we? When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Let's preach for a while tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost. When you can't find God, when you can't find God. Will you lift up your hands one more time and ask the Lord to touch us in this house tonight. Jesus, we need you so much tonight. We're dependent on you. I pray that not one word would fall on hard or stony or thorny ground tonight, but that your word will not return void and it will fall on good ground. In Jesus' name, we give you all the thanks and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. The story from which we are taking our passage tonight is only recorded in the Gospel of John. The other Gospels do not paint this picture and this portion of the life of Jesus. It is right before the Pharisees begin their plot to kill Jesus and right after he has told his disciples and followers that they should know that the Father is in me and I in him. Essentially reaffirming to them again the revelation that there are not three in the Godhead but that he was God manifest in the flesh. How many know who you're serving tonight? John said, I saw one sitting on the throne, not three. We are not serving a plethora of gods. We are not serving a triune Godhead. No, no. We are serving one God, and I'm thankful that I know his name tonight, and his name is Jesus. 
Somebody say that name, Jesus. And they are angry at him and they try and take a hold of him. And he escapes their grasp. And the next thing we read in the book of John is the beginning of the story of Lazarus. The setting for this story is in Bethany where his dear friends Mary and Martha and Lazarus live. Jesus frequented this house in this city because the Bible says he loved them. It was Mary who had anointed the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And we read about Jesus coming to this house before when he had rebuked Martha and told her that she worried too much and that Mary had found the good part. How many want to find the good part tonight? I guess if you've been rebuked by Jesus and he still loves coming to your house, then he must really like you. And he did. He loved them. He had a special relationship with them. So much so that when Lazarus falls ill, Mary and Martha send word to Jesus telling him, Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. And Jesus receives this word and immediately speaks a powerful word of faith. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Praise God. Don't you love when God speaks something and says it's going to be all right? Don't you love when you get all excited and you get the word you've been waiting for and Jesus said it's going to be all right and pastor said it's going to be all right and I just feel like something good is about to happen and uh, everything's going to be okay. Help is on. You got to love when you get a word like that. You got to love when you get a word you've been waiting for in due season. And God is still speaking in this season. But then when Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick, and after he speaks this powerful word of faith, he does something opposite of what we would expect. The Bible doesn't say that he rushed to Bethany. The Bible doesn't say that he dropped everything else he was doing and said, let's go, disciples. He didn't get into a rush and go to where the problem and the issue was. But instead, after he has received this news, he speaks that powerful word of faith and he abides two days in the same place. Now, wait a minute, Jesus Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. And you just said this sickness isn't for death, but it's for the glory of God. And now you're just sitting here playing checkers with your disciples. Well, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting here? He didn't rush to Bethany and perform a miracle. He didn't make it a priority to get to where the issue was. He simply stays where he was and abides there for two days. He stays. He doesn't move when everything else was going crazy, when everybody else was in a panic, when everybody else was absolutely out of their minds, when it seemed like the world was going crazy, when it seemed like everything around them was chaos, when it seemed like everything that was happening in the world just didn't make, all of a sudden Jesus said, I'm going to stay here. He stays. Sometimes abiding may not seem like a needed or a desired priority, especially when everything is going wrong. Especially when the chaos is happening in the world. Especially when everybody seems like is losing their minds. When we're surrounded by absolute insanity, we ask the question, where is God? In Matthew 13, 24, Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the tare. The man had sown good seed in his field, but when he slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat, so that when the wheat came up, so did the weeds. And his servants come to the master and ask the master, do you want us to pull up the weeds out of the field? And the master tells them, no, just leave them alone, because if you pull up the weeds, you're also going to pull up the wheat. 
But when harvest time comes, you go out and pull them both up and then you gather the wheat together and you put it in my barn. But then you go gather the weeds and you go burn them in the field. But you right now, if you pull everything up, you're going to mess the whole harvest up. So you leave it alone and just abide and at the end there will be a harvest. And as people, our flesh often wants to rush in and fix the issue and do it our way instead of standing still and knowing he is God. And that's where we get into trouble and typically mess everything up because most of the time our priorities are not his priorities. And our ways are not his ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. Jesus is saying wait, but your flesh is saying go. One of the hardest things the children of Israel had to do in the Old Testament was to march around the city of Jericho every day without saying a word, without shooting an arrow, without throwing a spear. But their orders were just to march. You don't do anything else. You just go and you begin to march. You don't say anything. You don't do anything. And surely this is going through their mind. Wait a minute. We finally crossed over Jordan and now we finally got into the land that the God, that God has promised us. And now we've come up against our first adversary. And now he's telling us we don't do anything but march. It doesn't make sense in my mind. Aren't we supposed to be winning? Surely in their mind they're thinking, aren't we supposed to be conquering? Aren't we supposed to be fighting? No, because in order to conquer your adversary, you first got to conquer yourself or else you're going to wind up doing something crazy and end up dead on a battlefield. Hear me, the battle at Jericho was more about defeating the Israelites' ego than it was conquering the city. And God is teaching them that if you're going to conquer the promised land, you're going to do it my way. You think it ought to be done this way. You think it ought to happen that way. You think your miracle ought to take place like this, but God is saying, no, 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 no. It's going to happen how I want it to happen. I'm going to win this battle my way. Not long ago, I was privileged to go to the nation of France and we're there. We were uh, with a lot of people and I, I found out one thing about uh, France. When you go over there, it's, it's not like it is over here when you go to eat dinner. Over here, you go through Taco Bell and you grab 10 tacos and you finish five of them before you get home and then you finish the other five when you walk through the door. Over in France, it's not like that. I found out that when you go over there, dinner is a whole process. It's not like you just, you're going to be done in 15 minutes. No, 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 no. You go sit down and then 20 minutes later, they bring you the water and the bread. And 30 minutes later, they start bringing you the appetizer. Then 30 minutes later, they start bringing you the main course. Then 30 minutes later, they start bringing you dessert. And 30 minutes later, you're done. So about two to two and a half hours through a meal, finally, you're finishing up dinner. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I'm more of a recluse type of personality. So I like to just not talk a lot, but you actually have to sit down and learn to talk to people and you have to learn to converse when you're over there eating dinner. Now you have to be re either really pretty or really interesting for me to talk to you for two hours. And I, I just, I had a hard time doing it. I, I just didn't really know what to do. I'm just like, what do you want to talk about now? I, I'm, I'm done talking about how good your hair looks. What I, I just don't, what do you talk about for two and a half hours? And I had to learn to start conversing and I had to learn to abide Two and a half hours for one meal. I don't... I, and when Jesus hears about Lazarus being sick, abiding and waiting was a priority at that moment. And meanwhile, back in Bethany, everybody's asking, where is God? Where is God? He should have been here by now. Doesn't he see everything we're going through? Doesn't he see everything that's coming again? Where is, we've got to remember that with God, nothing just happens. But rather, all things are working together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
That phrase, work together, that Paul uses in this verse means to cooperate or come together when it's about his purpose. Isn't it interesting how, how great things seem to go when you get in the will of God or how smooth, how much more smooth things seem to go when you start to align yourself with his priorities? It's not going to always be an easy road, but it just, it's just amazing how things start to click when you start to align your will with his will. Because we've got to remember, he's just forming you and he's molding you. But oftentimes, because of our impatience, we get our priorities mixed up and we try to get to Bethany to fix the problem in the middle of the molding process. We want to control everything. We want to fix everything when perhaps the Lord just wants us to abide so at the end of the day, he alone can get the glory for everything we're going through. Hear me, there will be a resurrection at the end of the day. But by definition, the only way a resurrection can take place is something first has to die. How can God intervene and fix the issue when we keep trying to step in and resurrect it? The reality is we refuse sometimes to let some things die that are supposed to die. All because our human nature is to try and control things. Because we fear the unknown. We get our priorities mixed up. And we try to keep something alive that is supposed to pass on. We try to keep relationships alive. We try to keep ambitions alive. We try to keep dreams alive. When God is simply standing back saying, let it die. This leaves us tired and worn out emotionally, mentally drained, frustrated, trying to breathe life into bones that only the Spirit can resurrect. And God is nowhere to be found. And he's not answering. We think that because we don't have an immediate answer, that automatically gives us the right to go and build a golden calf. And in times of distraction, when God is hidden on the mountain, don't try and substitute his silence. You gotta guard your spirit. You gotta guard your words. You gotta guard your worship. Sometimes God not answering is God answering. Because if God were to answer every one of your prayers right now, your faith would never be built to the place where it could be effective and you would be weak and you would be spiritually anemic. But the reality is God loves you enough to stay silent so you can discover who you were meant to be and you can grow in understanding and wisdom. Hey, some of you just need to accept God's silence right now and you need to get into a prayer room and say, you know what, God? I'm going to find you. I may not be able to see you, but I can feel you. You may be a million miles away, but I'm going to get to a place where even if I don't hear your voice, I'm going to be satisfied. Even if I can't find where he is in the spirit, I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on being faithful. God loves you enough to stay silent. I can always tell when somebody's about to make shipwreck because they'll start making quick decisions that absolutely make no sense while in the middle of a trial. I can always tell when a young person's getting ready to go off course because they'll start saying things and they'll start doing things that don't go anywhere near the will of God. And you can pick up on it in your spirit just like that. And I start saying, no, 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 no. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And I know it's coming, but they don't listen. And they just do it anyway. And they find themselves somewhere where they don't want to be because they couldn't find God and they could not wait on him. Jesus' priority wasn't to get to where Lazarus was to save the day. His priority was just to abide and let Lazarus die because he knew a resurrection was coming. 
until some things die in our lives and we align our priorities with what God truly values, he can never do a completed work. You're saying to yourself, I don't know why it happened. Maybe if I try this, it'll fix it. I, I don't know why they left. Maybe if I try to get them back again, they'll come back. I don't know why it fell through. Maybe if I just do this one more time, it'll just all fall into place. I'm not sure what, why it keeps going bad. Maybe if I keep investing and pouring myself into it, it'll come out. Let me give a word to somebody. Stop trying to control things you don't understand and trying to resurrect things that only God can bring back to life in his own time. You've just got to learn to abide sometimes. There's got to come a point where you say, okay, God, I'm putting this in your hands. I'm putting this into your hands. I don't understand it. Have questions about your life? Trust and abide. Wondering what your future is? Trust and abide. Asking why are some things taking place? Trust and abide. Asking where is God? Trust and abide. Let it die. Timing is everything with God. Timing is everything with God. But what are you doing in the meantime? Time passes and Jesus finally tells his disciples, let's go to Judea again. And his disciples tell him, you're crazy. They want to stone you back there. Why would you want to go back there? Don't you remember the last time we were there? You pulled that whole disappearing act and you just walked out of their midst and, and we were just, we all had to run, but you just disappeared. And you want to go back there now? They want to kill you back there. Why would you want to go back to that place? And he tells them, because Lazarus is dead and everybody else looks at Jesus like he's crazy. And one disciple stands up when everybody else was doubting and when nobody else had faith, one disciple stands up. We know him by doubting Thomas from one time when he doubted, but he really, he should have been called faithful Thomas because when everybody else was doubting and when nobody else had any faith, Thomas stands up and said, if he's going to die, I'm going to die with him. If he's going to go back there, I don't care. Come on, we got to learn to start walking with him. No matter what comes, no matter what takes place, I've got to learn to put myself where he is. We've got to get a Thomas spirit on us and say, yes, I believe in him. And they get to Bethany about two miles from Jerusalem and they find Lazarus has already been dead for four days. And Martha runs out of the house and comes up to Jesus. She runs, runs up to him and she said, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Where were you, God? Nobody could find you. Nobody knew where you were. Nobody knew what your location was. You seem like you never even answered us. If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus looks at her and says, your brother will rise again. Martha thinking he's talking about the final resurrection on that day when all the dead in Christ rise and everybody meets him in the clouds and that day when all the, all the saints are gathered up and we go meet him and, and she's thinking he's talking about that day and, and I'm looking forward to that day honestly hopefully it comes before my next car payment but hopefully and we, 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 we should be looking forward to that day and I'm looking forward to walking on streets of gold I'm looking forward to walking through the gates of pearl I'm looking forward to casting my crown at his feet I'm looking forward to heaven we ought to be looking forward to that day but Martha's thinking that he's talking about the final resurrection looks at him and says yeah I know he's going to go up with everybody else when all the graves open and all the sea gives up all the dead that are in them and everybody rises up I know he's going to be with you on that day I know he's going to rise again but Jesus looks at her and says hold on in 11:25 of John he said you don't understand I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
And he asks Mary and Martha, we'll get, we'll get to preaching in just a minute, but he asks Mary and Martha, where have you laid him? And he gets to the cave of Lazarus and he begins to weep. He begins to cry. He begins to shed tears and he tells them, he tells them now, I want you to take the stone away. He says, I want you to do something you can so that I can do something you can't. And oftentimes, we don't see the miracles we want to see because we don't partner with God and say, you know what, God, I want to do everything I can to see the supernatural active in my life. But oftentimes, we just want to push it all off on God. When God is saying, no, 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 you want to see the supernatural active in your life? You start getting a prayer life. You start getting a fasting life. You start doing what you can so I can step in and begin to do something you can not. You want to see more miracles? You want to see more breakthroughs? You want to see more healings? You want to see more deliverances? You got to get together with God and you got to say, God, Get me out of my lethargy. Get me out of my circumstance. Get me out of where I'm at so that I can partner with you so that I can do what I can so you can step in and do what I cannot. You can't heal anybody. You can't save anybody. But when you get into a place of prayer and say, God, I'm going to pray until I see something break. I'm going to fast till I see something break. I'm going to persevere till I see something happen. That's when God says, okay, now that you've stepped out and now that you're doing what you're going to do, I'll step in and do what you cannot do. Oh, somebody ought to get something in your spirit right now on a Wednesday night to say, God, whatever it takes to have a breakthrough, whatever it takes to have a supernatural move, that's what I want to see. I don't want to wait till Sunday. I don't want to wait till time. But I want to do what I can tonight so that you can do what I can't. And he tells them, take the stone away. And Martha, Martha comes up to him. And Martha's like the modern day Karen. Martha comes up to him and she says, but God, he's been dead four days. He stinks. He's been in the grave for four days. Don't you know he stinks? And God, God kind of looks at Martha and he tells her, get out of the way. And he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. I don't believe that he was quiet. I don't believe that it was just a gentle whisper. I believe when he began to scream and he began to yell it out, all of hell heard him. Every demon in the area heard him. Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound up with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, loose that man, and I feel the Holy Ghost in here, loose that man and let him go. Now Lazarus is living again because God and God alone has wrought a miracle. But why did he wait four days? Maybe you've heard it before. But the people in that day believed that the soul remained with the body for three days after death. Even the pagans believed that the gods could not revive somebody who had been dead for more than three days. So by abiding until Lazarus had been dead four days, Jesus was demonstrating the power of his miracle. He was showing everybody that I am the resurrection and I Come on, I wish somebody would tag in with me right now. And I am the life. And when I say something breathes again, something's got to breathe again. And when I say something lives again, something's got to live again. And when I say something comes forth, something's got to come forth. I don't care how long it's been dead. I don't care how long it's been since you've heard the word. I don't know how... I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, don't you dare give up praying. If God spoke it, it's going to happen. Don't you dare give up believing. If 
God gave you a word. God's word is... His word is forever settled. It is not going to return void. So you keep on believing. You keep on praying. You keep on worshiping. You keep on being faithful. Even when you can't find God. I don't know where he's at. I don't know what he's doing. But I do know there is coming a fourth day. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's thinking. But I do know there is coming a fourth day for the church. There is coming a fourth day. Come on, maybe I'm crazy to preach this on a Wednesday night. But I'm also crazy enough to believe that God can do something miraculous on a Wednesday night. On the fourth day, Lazarus is getting back up. On the fourth day, Jonah's getting spit up. There is coming a fourth day. Somebody ought to get excited for that on a Wednesday night. There is coming a fourth day. I know it seems like everything's crazy right now. I know it seems like God is nowhere to be found right now. I know it seems like God is a million miles away on Mars somewhere. But let me tell somebody, there is coming a fourth day. And on that fourth day, we're going to baptize more people than we've ever baptized. We're going to see more people filled with the Holy Ghost on that day than we've ever seen than we've ever seen filled with the Holy Ghost. Pardon me, I just get a little bit excited when I begin to think about it. I begin to get a little bit stepping my feet. I begin to get a little bit crazy because on my fourth day, I don't know when it's coming. I don't know when he's going to show up. But when he does show up, we're going to see more signs and miracles and wonders than we've ever seen before. There is a fourth day coming for the church. There is a fourth day coming for your family. Let me give a word to a mom who's been praying for your baby to come back. There is a fourth day coming. You may think it's Chitabohokosa. You may think it's too late. You may think they're too far gone. You may think oh, no, no, it ain't ever going to happen. No, no, no. There is a fourth day coming. There is a fourth day coming. Don't you quit praying. Don't you quit believing. Don't you quit fasting. Don't you quit worshiping. Don't you stop giving. But now is the time for you to be more faithful than you've ever been. Now is the time for you to pray harder than you've ever prayed. Now is the time for you to get in tune with what the Spirit is saying to the church more now than ever. I wish somebody would just shout for a minute because there's coming a fourth day. Come on, don't let your faith grow weary in well-doing. Don't you but stop believing. God is going to do it. No, 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 no. There is coming a fourth day. I may not have seen it yet, but until I do, you're not going to find me missing a beat, Pastor. You're not going to find me skipping church. You're not going to find me not believing. No, no. There's coming a fourth day. I can't find him. I can't hear him. I can't see him. But I'm going to shout anyway. I'm going to rejoice anyway. There is coming a fourth day. Come on, let me speak to the broken-hearted parent. Let me speak to the broken-hearted sibling. Let me speak to the broken-hearted mom, dad, and grandparent. Don't stop praying. There is coming a fourth day. Come on, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn and the fourth day is beginning to dawn and on the fourth day a resurrection is coming. Everybody stand to your feet right now.
We will tarry until until we see a Pentecost. We will tarry until the Holy Ghost falls. We will tarry and we will keep on warring in the Spirit until we see the fourth day come. Hey, come here. Help me real quick. You and come here. Get up here. Help me. Come here. We're going to worship until we see the fourth day. We're going to pray until we see the fourth day. We're not going to grow weary in well-doing, but we're going to keep on keeping on until we see the fourth day. I wish somebody's faith, I'm speaking to somebody right now, your faith has been dead. Your faith has been dry. Your faith has been lethargic. It's time for you to wake up because there is coming there is coming a fourth day to the church and you need to be ready for when that fourth day comes and when it does come, you're not going to find me weak. You're not going to find me desperate. You're just going to find me doing what I've always done. Lifting my hands. Praising the King of Kings. Come on, I just wish somebody right now would get a little bit excited and you would just exercise your faith right now. There's a fourth day coming. There's a fourth day coming. I wish somebody would step into the aisle right now and lift your hands towards heaven and say, hey, I may have been dead for a while. I may have been dry for a while. I may have been lethargic for a while, but there is a fourth day coming. So I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to finish strong. I'm not giving up. Hell had their chance to get me and they didn't get me. So I'm going to stand here with a made up mind. I'm going to stand here resolved in my spirit. I don't know what God is doing, but until he comes, God, increase my faith. God, increase my belief in you. God, increase my tenacity to be where you are and to hear what you're saying. Come on, that's it. Somebody reach out right now. Somebody reach out right now. Somebody tap into what the Spirit is saying right now. Hey, some of you have had words spoken over you you have not seen come to pass yet. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost tonight, there is coming a fourth day. Come on, somebody. Increase your faith right now. Increase your faith right now. Somebody lift your voice right now. Come on, God is in this place. God is walking up and down the aisles right now. Say, let me increase your faith. Let me help you. Let me make a way for you. Come on, he's here right now. Come on, let your voice be raised right now. Let your hands be lifted. Come on, there is coming a fourth day. music right now. I just want you to lift your hands as high as you can. I want you to lift your voice as loud as you can and say, you know what? I may not have seen everything come to pass yet. I may not have seen everything happen yet, but I'm going to see it because God promised it. no music right now lift your hands lift your voice everybody in here if somebody feels like dancing you ought to dance if somebody feels like shouting you ought to shout if somebody feels like leaping you ought to leap we are not a church in trouble we are not a church on the edge no 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 we are a church that is built on a rock and that name is Jesus and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church so somebody rejoice somebody shout somebody leap somebody somebody dance hey we're still seeing miracles we're still seeing signs and wonders we're still believing 
young people, show them how to do it right now. Come on, young people, show them how to do it. Somebody lift up your hands. Somebody shout right now. Somebody cry out to God right now. Come on, mom and dad, you ought to shout right now. You ought to dance right Spirit right now. This ought to be an excited church. This ought to be a worshiping church. This ought to be a rejoicing church. Hey, God has not left us. God has not forsaken us. There is a fourth day coming. It's building right now. I feel it happening right now. This may sound cliche to you, but I'm going to count to three and I want you to shout hallelujah and I want you to begin to rejoice in what you want to see God do. I want you to begin to shout according to what you want to see God do. I want you to begin to lift your voice when I count to three and I want you to shout hallelujah and I just want you to go crazy for a minute. Devil, you cannot have us. Devil, you cannot discourage us. Devil, you cannot take our joy. You cannot take our faith because God promised us he'd never leave us or forsake us. Are you ready? One, two, three. Shout hallelujah. Now I want you to shout. Come on, somebody dance. Somebody leap right now. Come on, it's happening. It's happening. That's it. From the front to the back. From side to side. By the authority of the word of God. And the power that is in the name of Jesus. We release the supernatural. 